Why is prayer so challenging? How are we as dads supposed to explain it to our kids when we barely understand it? Find out in just a moment. Welcome to the Fatherhood Challenge, a movement to awaken and inspire fathers everywhere to take great pride in their role and to challenge society to understand how important fathers are to the stability and culture of their family's environment. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Guerrero. My guest is Stron Coleman. Stron is an author and a musician. His passion is helping people grow a deep friendship with God by understanding it and in a way, as a way of existing with God in our daily lives. Strong, thank you so much for being on the Fatherhood Challenge. Oh, it is a pleasure to be here, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Strong, behind every book, before every book is an author's story, your story is one described as full of depression, anxiety, and pain. What is the story behind why you wrote this book? Yeah, so I, uh, I'm a musician by trade. I've been a musician my whole life. And in my 20s, I was traveling the world via Europe and the States and Australasia, playing my songs in bars and cafes and music festivals and was doing that really at quite an intense level. Lots of travel, lots of touring, and I loved it. When after a tour one day, I just came home and my entire body just completely broke down almost like on the drop of a hat and for basically two it might have been a full-on breakdown the doctors aren't really sure but basically for two years I was bedridden for almost you know 70% of the time I went from virus to virus my body was constantly fatigued and brain fogged and it just sent me into this what began has now been a 10-year journey with chronic health in in my life but Back then, that whole experience, you know, I had two young kids, just a newborn and a, and a three-year-old and a wife, and we were struggling to live financially, and my body was struggling, and I had this kind of emotional and spiritual crisis, and it really was like my entire world caving in on itself. And I think if you've ever, if anyone out there has ever had chronic sickness, you know that you can kind of spend a few weeks in bed and, and maybe maintain some optimism. At a couple of months, it gets pretty hard. Beyond that, things like anxiety for your life and for your family and sort of the the sorrow of that kind of brokenness really kicks in. And it was a it was a real journey for me. So it really was just both was it both a physical breakdown and a mental breakdown or kind of a little bit of both? Neuroscience has discovered, you know, we always used to say that the gut is the second brain. And what they mean by that is, you know, if you get nervous about something, something's coming up, you're nervous, you get butterflies, right? So you have a like mm-hmm. a physical response to a mental state. Well, they've actually recently discovered that the mind also responds to the gut. So if your gut is sick and isn't able to ingest nutrients and things, it actually sends messages back to the brain that create things like you know depression, anxiety, and all of those kinds of things. So you can get, and I did, you can get stuck in this cycle where your body becomes so sick that your brain can't get the nutrients it needs, you lose your memory and memory loss causes depression and you end up, your body is now sending messages to your brain saying to be hypervigilant or anxious or depressed. And so to get out of that spin cycle, you have to address both the mind and the body simultaneously to kind of stop it from each one of those things sending them into chaos. So yeah, it is It is interesting. So in the in the period of sickness over time, 
my mind, my reality really came under threat. And it was a very, very difficult time for me um, over those years. So was the book just a way to be able to have an outlet for what you were going through? As a man, for me, I went through a massive crisis of who am I? Who am I when I'm not a musician traveling the world, when I can't provide for my wife, when I can't father my children? You know, I couldn't play with my kids or anything. I mean, I was, this is many, many years of having young boys that are absolutely full of beans, you know, love getting out, running around, full of energy, and I couldn't be with them. And it really threw me into a crisis of who am I? You know, what? How, like, what is valuable about me? What can I offer? And for me, I think that was a a kind of a spiritual crisis where, you know, I'd grown up in faith my whole life. But here I found myself in this place where I couldn't be a quote unquote good man or a strong man or any of those things. And it drove me into the place of prayer. It drove me to ask questions of what is the meaning of life? What is the purpose of my existence? And so, I ended up spending a lot of time reckoning with God, basically being, you know, questions of how could you let this happen to me and where are you and why aren't you healing me turned into questions of who are you and what is goodness and truth and how do I find that in this place? And so what happened over that time was a massive transformation of the way that I saw myself in the world, the way that I received love, the way that I understood loving others. And that led me to this place where for this last five years of living that out, I've ended up writing this book basically saying, what if we saw ourselves, saw God, saw others in the world in a different way? And what if that began with, you know, this thing that we call prayer, which is a, a weird word that means something different to every everybody. And so that's where the book came from. You're the founder of a ministry called Commoners Communion. What is Commoners Communion and why did you start it? So Commoners Communion began in that season of my life as a way of expressing, I guess, this prayer life or, you know, the spirituality that I found saying there is there is beauty to be had amidst the ordinary challenges of our lives and also amidst our weaknesses and shortfalls. Because I think what I was discovering was, man, I'm I'm like, you know, uh the Jesus used this language in the Bible. He he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, Blessed are those who are struggling, who are uh, wrestling with challenges in life that they don't feel like they can overcome. Theirs is God's kingdom, you know? And so I started Commoners Communion as a way of saying, hey, if you're struggling and wrestling, you know, whether it's sickness or depression or anxiety or divorce or, you know, any other kind of shame or weakness that you feel, there is a way of finding strength and courage and knowing God and knowing freedom there. Uh, and so I started Commoners Communion as a way of, I guess, languaging that and inviting people into that story. I absolutely love that because, I mean, I know what it's like to go into the depths of the soul, into something really, really deep in a really dark place, mm. and to feel that struggle where it takes everything inside of you to reach out and connect to prayer through mm. prayer. You're just finding and feeling every objection to why it doesn't make sense to do it, why it won't work, why you shouldn't do it. You're finding every bit of resistance mm-hmm. and it takes everything within you to do it anyway. Is that what you went through? Yeah, it was. And I, and I think too, you know, sometimes prayer is easy because you're so angry, you know, and I think that there were 
a lot of times in those that season in my life where it was just I had angry words to share with God. You know, where my my prayer was, you know, who do you think you are? <laughs> you know, hard to say now, but in those moments when you know I'm on the on the floor and and it, and it having an anxiety attack, saying, "Hang on a second, God, I thought you were meant to be more than this," or you know, this whole thing was meant to be better than this or different. Sometimes those are the easy. That's the purest prayer because we're finally being honest. We're finally not sort of guarding our words or holding our punches. We're just we're just saying this is where I'm at. And in a way, it's like it's it's giving God an opportunity to respond to our real feelings. And I think I think that pr- we often see prayer as something or talking to God as something very you know very holy, and we've got to have a, its own language set, and we do it a certain way. But mm. honesty is actually the key. And, and to be honest is really freeing because, I mean, if we're honest with each other, life is hard, man. Life is life is a struggle in one way or the other. Progress comes through wrestling through things and working hard at stuff. And it takes a lot of grit to to do things, to commit to things like marriage and, and fatherhood and our jobs and, um, you know, keeping fit. And so... If we can't bring that wrestle and that struggle to God, we end up feeling like God is in some other part of our life and prayer is something we do when we go to church. Or, But when we're truly in our moment of need and when things are really tough, we won't turn to God because we don't believe he'll listen or that we have the right words to say. And so I think me learning to bring anger, to bring anxiety, to bring my doubts and questions, I found those kinds of prayers easier. The other stuff, kind of hard, but those things... I, I found those easier and I found that actually I I sensed God drawing nearer to me in those moments, not pushing me away for being sort of unholy. So the result of being real with God was an experience. Is that what you're saying? You actually, when you just opened up to God, you actually had an experience with him. Yeah, I did. And I, I don't know how to explain that experience because it, it probably isn't what you'd imagine it wasn't necessarily the skies opening up or you know some kind of physical vision in the room but it was this growing sense of peace and rest in my soul that I wasn't alone and that I didn't have to depend on my own ability to get through it and that not having all the answers or not understanding or not having the strength wasn't the the most important qualifier there was a sense in which god was just listening and saying, and actually grieving with me, and just saying, I know, and I'm here, and don't be afraid. And I think over time what happened is I became transformed into somebody who needed less of a instant thing from God, although I still pray for healing, but more from a I'm doing life with God, and he's giving me a, a quiet strength and a wisdom and a way of living this life that is actually more profound than I could have done on my own. And essentially God became a friend. He went from being a distant deity who I didn't quite understand to being a friend whom I still don't fully understand, but who gives me the <laughs> strength and the courage and the rest I need to to live my life with genuine joy and flourishing. Does God show up differently for each person? Can one person, in other words, have a very different experience of God than someone else? Yeah, I think so. I think we all have different journeys, but I also think that there are, you know, each one of us 
because we're different, we see the world differently. So I've come to see, you know, what does God showing up mean? Well, we, we read in the Bible some pretty amazing stuff, stuff that blows your mind. But also every day the sun rises and we see the trees and we feel the wind and we touch the earth. And all of this is a sign of God's love and generosity toward us. And sometimes we just don't see it that way, uh, especially in our kind of flat materialist post-enlightened culture that tells us, well, it's all just a series of atoms and stuff, which of course it is. Um, but all of it is also there to show us the creativity and the affection of God. And so I, I think that sometimes it's actually a disposition. You know, I see God in my children. I see God in in creation. I see God in the provision of a roof over my head. And I think that's a choice to see those things and be grateful for them. And I think gratitude is really important. But then also I sense God in my soul and, and I, I sense him, you know, sometimes it's like a warming of the heart, just a, a sense of joy rising up when we pray. It could be peace or rest or trust. Um, but also sometimes we do have like emotional experiences or see a picture or, you know, read a, a scripture in the Bible that really stands out to us. But I think God speaks in so many ways and, and we're often only listening in a single way that we feel disappointed if we don't get what we want. But if we, if we think about the world as God's demonstration of love to us, it opens up a whole new realm of experience. As a dad, what does prayer life look like for you and your family? I, I've become quite a, like a quiet, uh, introverted sort of person. Um, and my boys are very loud. I mean, I've got three young boys they are constantly <laughs> fist fighting. I mean, like people who know our kids, uh, you know, they laugh and they say, we have never met more intense children than your children. So, uh, you know, I'm like an artist writer. So our house is chaos all the time. You know, it's up at 6 a.m. and the kids are just yelling. There's always fighting. So <laughs> I think that like when it comes to teaching the kids prayer, I do a couple of things. One, simple little things in my day that helps to connect them. So at the end of the night on a good day, We'll pray what's called the Lord's Prayer, which is just like a seven or eight line prayer that Jesus teaches us. And then we each say two things that we're grateful for in that day, um, because gratitude is a powerful tool for um, growing in love and faith and knowing God. And then I'll just lay my hands on the head as a father and say, as, my, as your father, I bless you with my love, with God's love. I bless you to be a strong man of character. I bless you to grow up as a man of peace and of courage, but of strength and of and of restedness. And I just I bless you in God's name with all my love and all God's love. So I, I try and instill those things to them in prayer. Um, and then the third thing I do is just as things come up, I want to talk to them about what it means to be a man in the world, what it means to be a man of faith, and how we how we turn toward God and rely on His strength. So you know, script. Bible stories, you know, Gideon or David or anything like that. I'm saying, what's the moral of the story? And generally, it's always people rely on their own strength, but God asks to rely on his strength. And then I say, what might we say to God? And I just kind of use those as little triggers to say, you know, how do we turn that toward God and open up to him and be present to him? Because honestly, sitting down and saying, hey, let's have it. I tried. I tried doing like a morning devotions. It was, ca I mean, people were just yelling at each other, you know? Uh, so I learned that it's better to just, as I go about through my day, like my dad 
my dad was a man of wisdom. And one of the things that he instilled in me growing up was he would always bring this kind of godly wisdom to my relationships or my problems at school or my finances. And that really, really moved me. And so I try and as a way of teaching prayer to my kids, just kind of say, this is what God's wisdom and this is how the world sees this, but this is God's wisdom in this situation. And isn't it good? And I just kind of find all of those things slowly breathe life and energy into their faith with God. I'm still way back at number two, where you talked about how you bless your kids. Are, mm. Is this happening while you're praying with them? Yeah, it is. So we'll say the Lord's Prayer out loud together, and then I'll say two things that I'm grateful for, and then they'll say two things that I'm grateful for. And then, yeah, I just literally, I take my two hands and I lay them on their head or on their body, because, you know, touch is actually a really important way of communicating love and presentness and fathers you know for me i want them to know that i love them and i'm with them so i place my hands on them and i just literally say a prayer like god i pray that you would bless my boys i bless them with all of my love with all of my strength and courage with all everything that i have and i bless you and then i name them to, to receive all of God's love and strength, to grow up into a man of integrity and of character and of joy and of kindness um, and that you'd sleep well tonight. And maybe that might take 20 or 30 seconds and then, then I just say amen as they're lying in bed. But what I want them to know is that I am for them and that God is for them and that it is not sort of my good fathering or my wisdom or ability that's going to get them through life. It is the grace and the love of God who is present to give them strength. And that that's what it means for a father. You know, blessing actually just means to speak life. So to, to bless our children is to speak life over them. And whenever we do that, that is a very spiritual experience because it it, it builds up their soul. It builds up the interior man. You know, we can teach them to throw or to play cricket and rugby or whatever the sports are where you are or, you know, to fish or to whatever. But we also need to build up their inner man. I feel responsible for that. And so I want to find ways to speak into their soul and to call them up into spiritual manhood and to integrity in life. And I do that by by blessing them. There's just something so powerful about what you just said. You are literally inviting the presence of God, the spiritual presence of God right there in the moment with you and your kids. And with God there, you are literally blessing your kids in the presence of God. Yeah. That is, that's something that takes a bit to process and wrap your head around because that is truly a really special moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's one of the true gifts of, of faith and especially as a dad, you know, I got to be honest, there are plenty of nights when I put my head down on the pillow and I just think, God, what am I doing? I, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. You know, my, mm-hmm. my kids are full of beans and I'm, I'm breaking up fights all the time. <laughs> and I just want to be the kind of dad in this peaceful household. And, and I often put my head down the pillow at night and I go, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. You know, I, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm giving it everything I got and I feel like I'm failing. And in those moments, I have this, this this kind of joy that erupts in me and I go, I just, I guess it's that honest prayer again. I just go, God, look at me. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this on my own. I need your strength. I need your courage. I need you to give me wisdom and to guide me because left to my own devices, I am 
I'm going to mess this up. And I think the gift of praying a blessing over my children is that they get to see me exemplify that. They get to see me saying, yes, I'm a father and a man and I'm, and I'm heading in a direction and I have strength and I'm committed and I'm disciplined. But I also acknowledge that I am just a man and that I have shortfalls and weaknesses and that I rely on a strength and a power other than my own. And I'm going to welcome that strength and power into your life because as you become a man, you are going to be faced with temptations and trials and challenges that you cannot overcome on your own. And if you can just open up and invite God's strength, you will have a partner and a friend for the rest of your life. And I, I, I want that. I need them to see that in my life, and I need them to see that I'm welcoming it into theirs. What is the physical, spiritual duality of prayer when we try to relate our experiences with our Father on earth, with our Heavenly Father? Yeah, that's a. I mean, that is a very, very good question and a challenging question because, you know, not all of us have had great examples as fathers. And let's be honest, even our best fa- examples of fathers still have shortfalls and weaknesses. And then we come to God, and like in the Lord's Prayer, I pray with my children every every day. It's our Father who is in heaven, and so there is this kind of struggle to re-understand what a good father is. Um, in a, in a godly sense, I was recently reading into the story of David, and it was the transition when David's kingdom is about to come to an, to an end, and his son Solomon is about to take over. And I don't know how I've missed this in the times that I've read through the story of David, but it's very very distinct in the Bible that God Himself tells David that he will be the father of Solomon. He will parent Solomon. Wow. He will be his father. Yeah. That is is mind-blowing. That, to me, says so much about what God himself thinks of fatherhood. Mm. That he would do that for David, that he would do that for Solomon. Because let's face it, David had some serious, serious struggles. Yeah. This says a lot about how God deals with our weaknesses. Yeah, and what a I mean just what a gift. What a gift to David to go to his grave knowing that ultimately it doesn't all rest on his shoulders. That ultimately he can do his best, but despite his failures, his children are in the hands of God. And God is stronger and more patient. And more able than we are to father our children. And I gotta say, I mean, that what you're saying about David is is really what has given me peace as a father now for 10 years with my kids, just going, ultimately, I will do everything I can. But if I bring God into my children's lives, my trust is not in my in my ability to be a good father, but God's. And he's got more practice than me. <laughs> <laughs> What are some simple ways that dads can make a prayer life more meaningful to our kids and turn it from just some ritual that you do at mealtime and at bedtime and turn it into something that is a very deep and personal experience? Yeah. So the way I do this with my kids is I just try and bring an awareness of God into different moments in our lives. So, you know, um, one thing I've loved to do with the kids, especially during winter when it gets dark earlier, is to go, oh, guys, come out and look at the stars. You know, we can see a lot of the stars where we are. And mm-hmm. we look up at the stars and I just say, isn't God 
creative. Like, isn't isn't it amazing that he made this for us to just enjoy? And it may not necessarily be a moment of saying, all right, let's pray. But what it does is it fills their hearts of God awareness and gives their hearts an opportunity to internally respond. Or it might be like, you know, when 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 their brothers were born, look at this, how beautiful these kids are. And just that God loves to create us, you know, that he thought of this way of doing things. Or maybe it's when it's really stormy, I go, man, isn't it like, doesn't it just make you feel like the awe, the majesty, the bigness of God or so I guess I guess what I'm trying to do is use everyday moments to say, hey, let's just turn our hearts and our consciousness toward God for a moment. Not make it, not labor it, and say, now let's pray unto Thee or something. Although you know, if, if you can, that's great. Um, but for me, it's about like how do we keep turning our hearts toward God and teaching my children just in their everyday lives as they go about things to see and uh, admire and envelop God into their awareness because. Prayer is ultimately just about living um, in partnership with God, living in in awareness of God. So I just kind of want to keep training their little hearts and minds to to see the beauty in the world and in other people, um, and to say, "Hey, let's let's turn that toward God." And or what do you think God thinks about that? Or isn't you remember that story? And and I think honestly, especially when the kids are younger, I think that's a great way to just help them to see that God is in everything. And that they're able to respond. And another thing I tell my eldest is just, you know, and my other, my two oldest is just, anytime you want to, you can just talk to God. You know, if you're at school, tell him how your day's going or ask him to help you with something. He's interested. He cares. He's like me. He really cares about your life. So talk to him anytime you like. And that's sort of how I, how I go about it. How can dads learn more about you and what you're doing and even order your book? Yeah, so if you want to find out more about me and what I'm doing, uh, you can find my uh, all my work at Commoners Communion um, or just search Strawn Coleman, although that spelling probably doesn't help either. But my book, my book is called Beholding, and, and really it's a way of saying it's a book about prayer. It's a book about changing the way we see the world. Uh, and as a father, has essentially been a book about how I've learned to re-see uh, my children, although I don't necessarily use that language. Um, and I think it could be a real blessing. So the book's called Beholding. You'll find it on Amazon or anywhere. If you just Google Beholding and, and look for my name, Strawn, um, you'll see me there. I'm going to make it easier for everyone to find your book and to find out more about you. So if you go to thefatherhoodchallenge.com, that's thefatherhoodchallenge.com, and you go to this episode, look below the episode description. There will be a link there if you click on the link. It will take you right to where you can see what Strawn is doing, and you can order the book directly from there. It'll make it just a little bit easier. And as we close, what is your challenge, your final challenge to dads listening right now? Man, my my challenge is just have grace on yourself, be kind to yourself, but also because it's a hard job, it is. But also, <laughs> man, I, I I can't encourage you enough. Don't rely on yourself. As good and as strong and as you know, disciplined and intentional as you are, we can't do this alone. We don't have enough. And God is a willing and loving father, not just to you, but to your children too. If you'll just honestly turn your heart toward him and say, would you come into my household? Would you help me parent my children? Would you be the father of this family? Strawn, it has been an absolute honor to have you on the Fatherhood Challenge. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jonathan. I've really enjoyed our conversation. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fatherhood Challenge. If you would like to contact us, listen to other episodes, find any resource mentioned in this program, or find out more information about the Fatherhood Challenge, please visit thefatherhoodchallenge.com. That's thefatherhoodchallenge.com.